podcasting from Eating London, I'm Paolo Valdemarin. And I'm Matt Moa. And this is the Start Lab podcast, season one, episode three, Brexit special. <laughs> you can edit that later in post if you like. No, 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 we're totally going to do it. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I think it's interesting to start looking at what we did at the Startup Lab, working with uh, Tomo, our favorite startup in the whole world. So on Monday, we worked on user journeys. Uh, the user journey is a technique in uh, interaction design that uh, allows to capture the action and the behavior of the different actors that are involved in the story and the usage of a product, understand the different phases of the use of the product uh, that in some cases actually happen before the product uh, is even involved in the process. This is about the user. What do you mean by a phase? Well, in the sequence of how you use the product, uh, there are different uh, moments. Uh, it goes from how the user become aware of the product to the user starting to use the product uh, to the user then uh, interacting to the product. So it's almost how the user is thinking about the product at a given time or thinking about their problem, something like that. Exactly. The, the main challenge uh, is uh, always keep the user in the center of the process. So always try to understand how the user and how even different actors how the team running the service how in our case doctors and therapists interact with the product so you map on a whiteboard uh, the different uh, actors on different uh, parallel channels and then different moments of use of the product got it once you have created this uh, initial drawing with the uh, you know posted and arrows connecting moments we start uh, adding how might we uh, so we start basically answering to the question how might we help going through this moment how might we implement this feature how might we do the different things so is this to try and get you away from your preconceived assumptions Exactly. This is uh, trying to figure out how an hypothesis is proven or is disproven. And it's uh, about uh, trying to understanding where the complexity is. Um, the end result of this product uh, is a chart that shows the different moments uh, uh, we are actually going to use this chart to interview professionals uh, and try to challenge our assumptions. You know, we might say we think that GPs will behave a certain way, but we want to go to a GP, show this chart, to say, is that really going to happen like this? And this also allowed us to understand which is the most relevant part of the process, uh, which is the which is what leads us to next week, which is. Uh, uh, starting to prototype so we found a little bit of this process that we think is more important and then uh, we want to start creating a, a prototype of this so before even doing anything on a computer screen there's a lot of work done in just trying to understand the behavior that users may go through in, in interacting with their problem and with any system at all let alone the system they're actually going to build yeah, we are still totally in whiteboard and uh, sticky notes domain. A happy place to be. <laughs> and then what happened on Wednesday? So on Wednesday, we started looking in more depth at the strategy and the business model. 
So this is really trying to understand something about, uh, I mean, if we go back to, to sort of thinking, and I think we'll come back to this a little bit later about what is the intention to activate capital, that we are interested in making businesses which are more investment worthy than your average startup. So one of the things you have to understand is what's the hypothesis about this startup when it grows up? So understanding what the business model could be um, and then trying to plot, okay, how do you get to that point? Uh, so just trying to start understanding what they what they know and what they don't know about what their business model is going to be. And again, trying to come to questions about, is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? If it's going to be this, what's the implication? One of the fundamental questions you want to answer is, is this really a business? Um, particularly when you have founders who are very passionate about something, we need to ground ourselves into ensuring that there's a real business here that other people are going to see as something that they really want to get into. Even if they don't have the enthusiasm of the founders. Exactly. I mean, we might hope that anybody looking at this will go, this is a really meaningful goal to be after. Um, but investors typically, that's a secondary concern. I mean, if it's not a real business, then it's philanthropy and that's a different business altogether. Or a hobby. <laughs> Absolutely. So what happened on Thursday? Well, you managed to vote yourself out of the EU. <laughs> well, not you personally, probably. No, unfortunately, not me personally. Um, but while we probably don't want to get into all the ramifications of what likely Brexit is going to mean for the UK, I think there are some things that would be useful to think about in terms of what we're doing with Activate Capital and startups in general. Um, and I guess the main thing... The main effect it's going to have in the short term is increasing the amount of uncertainty and perception of risk in startups, which I think is something that's quite important to us. Yeah. I mean, regardless of uh, how badly this is going to go down, it's it will definitely be bad in the short term. And uh, I think that it's very reasonable to expect uh, that the volume on investment will cool down, that uh, investors will become much more cautious and risk averse i think there's already some signs of that and as banks start i mean we know that these things kind of flow almost like a waterfall as the the bigger players get nervous smaller players get nervous smaller players get nervous so i think the fact that the banks are starting to get a bit itchy at the moment suggests that we can expect that investors are going to start thinking should i be making this investment now or should i hold off yeah or just buy gold yeah <laughs> goes in some safe uh, heaven now that's definitely going to happen and, it, and and to be fair it was already cooling down i mean the the big hunt for the unicorns uh, has already been cooling down for for quite a few months now uh, which is also one of the main reason why we decided that uh, the way we are going to work with startup is going to be different from what many let's say from the more traditional accelerator approach um, I guess that uh, there is this new category of organization that some call them uh, startup studios and we, we kind of like to call it startup lab but the idea is uh, having uh, being much more involved uh, in trying to make uh, as much smaller number of companies successful. Uh, I think actually you had a very good uh, analogy with poker players <laughs> in this space. 
So yeah, in poker, there's um, you can broadly define poker players between the smart players and sort of the amateur players. Um, smart players typically wait for their moment and strike really aggressively when that moment comes. Uh, when that moment is there, not there, although they may bluff from time to time, in general, they hold back and they wait for their moment. And I think you could see in the way that we are focusing on what we think is a pretty good bet. So it's still a gamble, but we are considering sort of the position of the startup, um, what the market is like. So we're looking for, is do we have a good hand at the right moment? And if we have a good hand at the right moment, that's the time to play. And we go all in. Yeah, absolutely. So rather than kind of, I mean, the, the classic thing of an amateur player is they play too many hands. Um, they take cards that they shouldn't take into way too many hands. And then conversely, when a good hand comes along, they just may not be positioned to actually take advantage of it. I guess the main difference is that while it is gambling in both cases, we are relying on luck a little bit less. So yes, of course, you invest in a lot of startups, you might hit, uh, it's a probability thing. We are going to invest and help investing in much smaller number of companies, but we are picking them in a different way. I think the other different, the difference is that The number, to some extent, is less important than what you do with them when you've got them. So in saying we think this is a company that's investable, we are doing everything possible to try and get them to that to the point where they are investable, rather than simply saying, well, they're pretty good, we'll give them a little bit of help and hope that they can do the rest, acknowledging the fact that startup companies are like fledgling birds. I mean, they fall out of the nest, they don't come back. So you really need to give them a lot of support. We've picked one that we think is is likely to be successful, and we're trying to wrap all of the support that we understand that they need. And maybe there are things that we, we don't get yet, but that we understand uh, we're giving them all of that support. And the depth of what we're doing with them, I think, really speaks to that. Yeah. And also the feedback that we're getting from them is, is very positive. So I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks a lot. Speak to you soon. Cheers.